Oh, wow, wow, wow. Hello, this is Aiden Tucker Jones, and you are listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Monday, the 17th of November. Except it's Tuesday. Today is Monday, the 16th. Tomorrow is Monday. Today's Monday the 16th, tomorrow's Monday the 17th, and every day is Monday forever. That's how I feel. It's so hard every morning to wake up. It's not hard, actually. I'm quite excited. Oh, there's a line that's really big there on the waveform. I hope I didn't just hurt all your ears. (sighs) How the fuck are you guys, huh? You doing okay? Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Ta. I'm doing okay. I'm very excited and a little bit impatient right now. What I'm, I just had a phone call with the uh, dude from New Guernica. Wait, let me take a sip of tea here. Second tea bag. I've poured the water like two or three minutes ago. I reckon the temperature is going to be getting to perfect. Ow. Yeah, that's perfect. Um,. Had a, a conversation with a guy from New Guernica just before about running a comedy show there. Comedy. Oh, man. I am desperate. Champing at the bit. Chomping at the bit? I think it's champing at the bit. I've corrected someone on that before and I actually don't know that I know it myself. Here we go. Champing at the bit. No, not champion at the bit. Champing. Oh, fuck. It kept going. Champ at the bit. If someone is champing at the bit or chomping at the bit, they're very impatient to do something, but they are prevented from doing it, usually by circumstances that they have no control over. Doesn't say which one's right. Who cares? That describes me exactly right now. I am um, I'm so fucking ready to run a room, to run some shows and everything. And we're so close. It's just the, so we've got a meeting. Me and my business partner, Peter Jones, have a meeting uh, at the venue on Thursday. I'm also waiting on the Workers Club in Fitzroy to get back to me. That's the other one. So hopefully we're going to run two shows a week. Um, Hopefully both starting in December. And it's kind of scary but exciting, but this is the kind of fear that, you know, means that I fucking care about something because I want it to be good. The fear is, I was on the phone to the guy and uh, the new Guernica show will be, if it goes ahead on a Wednesday and it'll be paid like 10 bucks, five bucks for students, eight bucks online if you book beforehand. This is just an extended ad for the show. Um... And the guy's basically saying, you know, I guess you want to take the door and we can take the bar. I was like, yep, that's exactly what I was thinking and we'll get some acts and, you know, pay, blah, 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 blah. But um, my thoughts is like I just – I don't want to let them down. That's the fear. I guess they're going to open the venue on the strength of us saying that we can get it with people in there drinking and watching the show and, um, you know, because it's not worth it for them if people aren't buying drinks and then and And um, they're opening it specifically for the show. There wouldn't normally be anything in there if it wasn't the show. So it all kind of lives or dies based on how the show goes and it's weekly and the guy was, you know, just feeling me out, I guess. But I think I can do it. I think I can get the people in there and I want to fucking try it. And the worst thing that could happen is... 
you know, it doesn't really pick up after two or three months. We try it and, and, uh, we just go, well, that didn't fucking work or they, you know, they discontinue their relationship with us. <laughs> they they break up with us. The bar breaks up with us over, you know, they sit us down there with a shot and go, have that and listen to this. Get the fuck out of my venue. And I go, I'm sorry, I actually don't drink. And they're like, well, the second part still applies. Fucko. Yeah, I mean, the whole I'm scared of failure, but failure is the important thing, right? you got to try and do a thing to even have the risk of failing. So if you fail, you've already – if you fail, you've already succeeded because you tried. <laughs> that is loser talk. <laughs> if you fail, it means you tried and that is in a way its own success. <laughs> Put that on a fucking sunset. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I really do. Um, I do believe that though. The fear right now is because I'm scared of failing, but the failure would be important because I'd probably learn something from the failure that I couldn't learn from not doing it right now, and that's what I've been scared of doing. And I'm scared that no one's going to come and all of these fucking things. But I don't know. I wish I wish that Christmas wasn't. Oh fuck, man. I mean, what I was about to say was I wish that Christmas wasn't coming up because that's like a big break in the thing. But Maybe Christmas isn't coming up because news today that there's a cluster. This fucking virus, man. I wish there was someone I could hit. <laughs> someone that was just cool with me punching them in the face so I could stand in front of them and go, you know what, man? Actually, I don't think I can punch you in the face. I've never done it before. I like to talk about it, but it's not something that I really feel comfortable doing. <laughs> and they'd go, all right, pussy. <laughs> I just wish there was something I could do. There's a cluster in fucking stupid Adelaide that's reluctantly has a place in my heart as my fucking, you know, where I grew up and where I go home to at Christmas. I'm slowly being, I've talked about Adelaide enough on the podcast. I love it, but I hate that I love it, you know? Yeah, you know. Um, There's a cluster of, yeah, 17 in the northern suburbs and, I mean, thank fuck they've started locking down they've started the you know they, it started there was like four cases on sunday and today on monday there's 17 new cases it's just it's so quick it is a wicked virus this virus it is a wicked foe and we just need to do our best to get on top of it adjust north face jacket those are the words that i have for you adelaide and South Australia as a whole, this is a wicked enemy that we are facing now as a state and as a nation, as a people. We all need is so hard. It is so remember when Dan Andrews said that? Fucking that. I was talking the other day with someone. That guy is a he's a fucking hero. He is a hero. I just remember, it was really inspiring, stirring the shit that he would say when he would say, like, this is so hard. It is so hard. That was one of the only things that really during the midst of our fucking lockdown that really made me feel better. Like, yeah, it fucking is so hard. I got, I really, um, my heart goes out to you genuinely if you're in Adelaide right now and you're scared, the uncertainty, and you don't know what's about to happen and if you're going to be able to see your families at Christmas or what because, you know, 
that's a genuine possibility right now. And I know that fear. And if you're about to go into lockdown, maybe you are. It is fucking hard. It is so, it's so fucking hard. But it's important that you do it. And I was talking to my brother today and he had a sore throat and he's getting tested. He was up in Salisbury, up in the north of Adelaide where the cluster is for work. And he was like, oh, I've got a sore throat because I went out on the weekend and me and my mum were both like, just fucking go get tested, man. Just do it. Because that could be the difference. That could genuinely be the difference between me going home for Christmas or not. Christmas is in like fucking five weeks or something. And uh, if they get on top of it now, they lock down, maybe two, three weeks, crisis averted. But if they don't or if people don't go and get tested and – the virus is allowed to spread. Maybe it drags on past New Year's and suddenly I can't go home and see my family at Christmas because it's actually about me. <laughs> yeah, and it's fucking scary and annoying. I hope I can go home for Christmas because I have a trip planned and it would be very irritating to have to change the bookings last minute. Um... But I kind of wish that Christmas does this every fucking year, man. Do you guys find that? Every fucking year, Christmas, it's like an important thing. You have to go and do it. You've got to see your family because they're the people that stick by you and you stick by them. And it's it's, a, it's like meditation. It's important to just take the time. It doesn't even really matter what you do with it. I mean, it, it just you take the time out of your life. It's important. But at the same time, it's like... It's my fucking life, man. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm out here working hard trying to make some shit happen. And then every fucking December, like clockwork, everything like stop, tools down, go and fucking see your family and stop working on the thing that you were working on that just, it feels like it was just about to start gathering momentum and stop doing that and go and, and, sit in a folding chair in the country for an afternoon and eat <laughs> eat cold cuts of fucking ham and cucumber <laughs> in the summer sun, you know? And remind yourself why you fucking love your family. It's important. It is fucking important, but God, it's annoying. Have that that if anything, I can take solace in that. You know, as weird as this year has felt, the annoyance of Christmas and the holidays remains. Like even in this year when I feel like my life and everyone, we all feel like our lives have just ground to a fucking halt. I don't know if you guys are feeling the same, but you know, you would expect in a year like this, you're like, well, I haven't done anything, so what's Christmas? It's a, you know, like <laughs> it's a break from not doing anything, but actually even when I'm not doing anything for a whole year and my career feels like it's on fucking hold, Christmas, still an inconvenience. Still still a fucking very annoying interruption on the nothing that I've been working on for the previous 11 and a half months. Ah, burp. The tea's at the perfect temperature now, by the way, in case you were wondering. Oh, so, yeah, the show's going to be great. Oh, my God. Amazing news. Amazing, life-altering news for all 54 of you guys. The Backyard Bitch t-shirts are here and they are on sale. And I spent a couple hours yesterday 
wading my way through the reeds that is the system to fucking make your website be able to sell shit. I don't know if that's the technical name for it, but I'm using industry jargon right now. I, I, who cares? I um, yeah, I went on the went on my website and configured it. I got the t-shirts the other day. After I said I would on the podcast last week and they're looking good, man. I've already worn mine and it's been dirty and it's hanging on the line right now. That's how that's how good they are, man. I couldn't fucking stop myself from wearing it. Gave one to Phil for designing those shirts. Big shouts out to Phil. And uh, you know how hard it is to try and sell something on – I mean, I got it's my WordPress site. I'm sure there's easier ways, but my site's already on WordPress and – I just I tried to set up the functionality because WordPress, like every fucking company ever, I do this thing where like you can have a free account and there's some functionality and then you pay to get more functionality. And I've been paying for like four years or five years or something to have a website. And then now I want to sell shirts and I go on their little help function. The help people are always so – they're very friendly and shit, but I just – I feel like I'm really friendly to them and I, I kind of want them to like me and I guess it's kind of their job to like me but I don't know. I always am scared. I always am scared that I'm coming off like an idiot. That's what it is. I don't want the help person. I want to be <laughs> I want to be like drop in a couple computer words that I know <laughs> just to make myself feel like yeah you know we me and you we're talking the same i'm not one of those other dummies that you normally get (laughs) meanwhile i'm asking like how do i sell something on my website (laughs) i guess that's not that dumb of a question but i always feel dumb so i try and counterbalance that feeling by going like i'll just like ms dos (laughs) you know um, fucking maybe I could do that as a bit. Comedies, oh, fucking I'll just remember it. I'm literally filming and recording this. Why do I need to write it down? Comedy's coming back now, so every thought I have, I'm like, maybe that's a bit. <sighs> but yeah, I worked for like two, three hours, way longer than it should have taken. It's probably if I was on the clock, that's like a half hour's pay. Um, but luckily I'm not on the clock because I do it all for the love of the game, brother. Um, was, yeah, trying to figure out. So the level that I was paying for, you can take payments on that level, but you can't take payments and ship products. There's no way to take a payment and then have a form where they fill the form out and it's like fucking, you know, where they live and what size they want or whatever. So I'm like, oh, well, obviously I need to do that because I'm selling T-shirts. So I go on the help thing and they're like, yeah, you could take the payment and then you could get people to message you what they want, like what shirt they want. And I'm like, I don't fucking want to do that because I just don't believe – here's the th- here's my insecurity is I'm like, I've got the shirts. People have said they would buy the shirts and I trust that they will, but I still – like my mate was talking about he buys hot sauce from this guy in the northern suburbs of Melbourne and he's like, yeah, the guy just sells them over his Instagram account. So you just bank transfer him the money and then you just, you know, he fucking has the hot sauce for you. You go meet him and you get the hot sauce. Like a drug dealer but with hot sauce, which is really funny. And um, maybe that's a bit. <laughs> Oi, fucking Serlo, I just wrote a bit for you. 
So yeah, he does that, and, and Cello was like, "Yeah, you could just do that for the t-shirts." And I'm my insecurity is I'm like, I feel like people want that guy's hot sauce more than they want my backyard bitch t-shirts because ultimately you can get a t-shirt from Kmart, and this one is just like I'm under no illusions as to how badly people actually need these t-shirts. I think it's cool, but I think when I buy a t-shirt from like a friend or a band or whatever, it's more like it's cool to support that person. It's like they're getting a thing, but they're also supporting me and that's what the exchange is. And whereas with that guy's hot sauce, it's like, no, you you get the hot sauce. (laughs) That guy has another job you know, as like a panel beater or whatever and he's just a guy who makes killer hot sauce and so you want it. (laughs) You're not like, oh, (laughs) I need to support my mate who's trying, he's like doing open mics and panel beating and he's selling hot sauce on the side. No, he makes money from both. He's just selling the hot sauce because he's got it and it's like if you're good at something, don't do it for free. You fucking understand what I'm trying to say. People like hot sauce, they're ambivalent about T-shirts and I don't want to put any barriers in between the people like buying the T-shirts. Like the more obstacles I can take out of the way, obstacles, obstacles, the more obstetri- the the more obstetricians I can take out of the way, the um, the more comfortable I'll feel in terms of how many people are actually going to buy these things. Also, I saw a moth in my fucking house the other day, and I was like, "How fucked with it? <laughs> Wouldn't that just be?" I saw one moth, but it was a big moth. But apparently, the big moths don't eat fabrics. But I was like, if a fucking moth gets in there and eats all of my fucking t-shirts that I just spent $750 on, I'm going to be real bummed. (laughs) It would be just like a real devastating, I mean, the insects, you know, they're winning. So if they've fucking had so many victories in the last few months, tell them about insects, the fucking white flies in my garden will not go away. I've spent like 50 bucks on pyrethrum extract in the last month. I've now started speaking Chinese as far as most of you are concerned, but pyrethrum extract, I think I've spoken about it on the pod before. If you're trying to control any whitefly infestations, aphids, any fucking like sucking insects in your garden, um, pyrethrum extract is a natural. Pyrethrum is a flower. I've read that. I haven't had any practical experience with that information. It might be a conspiracy. I don't know but that's just what I've been told. It's natural. It breaks down. It uh, doesn't – you can still eat the food afterwards. You don't need to like – what. it doesn't fuck your food up or anything. Um, but it's an insecticide and it's an, it's an insect nerve agent. How sick is that? It kills insects by fucking <laughs> – <by> just <laughs> fucking staunching their nervous systems. <laughs> It is, it is a horrifically cruel death. But, you know, that's what they fucking get for when I walk through my garden. There's just a few insects around and it's annoying because they like hit my skin. So they deserve to, to suffer through their last agonizing moments. You can see it's pretty fucked. Like the moth that was in the house, I sprayed it. I've got the nozzle set on like, you know, like a long squirt, not the mist, like a And uh, it's so sick because it's like, you know, it's so easy to be accurate. It's like, and it's got maybe like a two, three meter spray 
And uh, the moth's just sitting there. I'm like, cunt, you are about to get nerve gas, motherfucker. <laughs> That's what's about to happen to you. Because you're going to eat my T-shirts. Or your kids are. Or someone in your family is going to eat my fucking T-shirts. And I will not stand for it. Squirt, squirt. And the moth just is like, ah, ah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel bad now. It was real fucked. It started writhing around and... The girl I've been seeing was here and, and she was like, you have to just kill it. And I was like, I feel even worse now. And it's kind of big. You know, you can kill like something that's small, but when it's as big as a moth, it feels like I might as well just be killing a rabbit now. Like it's big enough where you can feel it when you squash it. So it's, I'd rather nerve gas it than have to squash it because that makes me feel icky. So, um, yeah, I did squash it. I squashed it with the dustpan like a fucking man would, right? And I put it in the bin. <laughs> so the T-shirts are safe and sound. So, yeah, order them off my website, long story short. I don't know how I got onto moths, but uh, the the <laughs> I, just was, I just had the thought, what if I sell dead moth carcasses on my website too? What is that doesn't mean, that doesn't come from anywhere. That is absolute nonsense. But if you guys buy a T-shirt and you come and pick it up and you want, I will throw in a dead moth carcass if you want. That's my promise to you, all right? I'm a man of my word. I'm not actually. It's very. Um, it's, it's really been in my head that I said a few weeks ago on the pod that I wouldn't shave in November and I've shaved twice in November. I haven't altered my shaving habits at all. You know why? Because not shaving is fucking hard. I do care about cancer, but I just not as much as I care about having a fucking itchy face kind of. It's summer. Fuck off. November in the Northern Hemisphere is going into winter, and that's why it's easier for those Northern Hemisphere cunts to not shave because it's cold out there. It's hot out here. It's bushfire season, and my face is getting sweaty, so get off my back. <sighs> I wanted to tell uh, – what do I got? I got – couple things um oh piano um the piano tuner came around the other day on saturday oh what a lovely day what listen what a lovely day was saturday okay it just woke up early did my meditation i, I realized um when i'm hanging out with someone in the morning I don't need them to meditate with me. I'm, I think I have this anxiety that if I leave someone alone who I've invited to my house, you know, they're just going to leave. And I guess with a lot of friends, that would be true. You invite someone over and then you go, hold up, I'm just going to do my gardening. They would leave. But if you're like seeing someone or if it's like a close friend or you're hanging out for an extended period of time, I guess I'm, what I'm trying to say is I'm getting comfortable sharing a space with someone and not needing to just be around them all the time. And on Saturday morning, I went and meditated by myself. And that was very nice. Um, I wasn't like, come and meditate with me. I was just like, I want to meditate by myself and leave you here. And um, and then uh, the piano tuner came around and uh, fuck, it was so nice, man. I was getting a bit of like ASMR brain fuzzies, you know, when she was tuning the piano and I was like asking her questions about it and pianos are fucking crazy. I mean, I knew that because there's like a whole profession you're tuning it. The difference between tuning a piano 
which there is literally a whole profession. There's like a fucking guild and approved ones in Victoria. There's like 30 people in Victoria who are like approved to do it. Meanwhile, tuning a guitar is just some cunt with dreadlocks. It's like, all right, sick. Now I can play Wonderwall. <laughs> Any of you chicks want to fuck me yet? No, nah, all right. I'll do one more chorus. That's the level of expertise you need to tune a fucking guitar. Tune a piano. So the uh, this is what I learned. Some of the things I learned. The back board, like the bass thing, which acoustically is the same as like the inside chamber of the guitar. It works in the same thing, which again, that sounds like I know what I'm talking about. I fucking don't, but that's what she said. Um, but it's made of cast iron because it needs to be so inflexible and strong because each string, so each note on the piano has the low notes are one string, the mid-range notes are two strings struck by the hammer at the same time and then the higher register notes are three strings all struck by the hammer at the same time. Um, strings, different thicknesses, no, 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 whatever. And, um, and the strings are tightened with pins. So there's like a pin in the cast iron and you twist the pin and that's what tightens the string and changes, you know, so you tune it. Each of those pins, those metal pins, which are like, they're like an inch long, not even, and like a fucking a few mil diameter. Now I'm talking about it. Like a few mil there, I'm talking like my dad. Yeah, like a few mil, a couple of inch, yeah, fucking about that. Yeah. They, uh, each pin holds 90 kilos of weight. Like pressure from each string. How fucking insane is that? 90 kilos of the tension in the string. And so there's, I think, 83 or 84 notes in a piano. I've got that wrong, but it's, it's something like, it's like 83, 84. So 83, 84 times 90, what's that? Let's do 90 times 90 is 81, 8,100. So about 7,000, 6,500 kilos of pressure on that cast iron frame board along the length of the piano. And every time you tune one note, <clears throat> so you twist one of those pins a little bit, the reason it's so difficult to tune a piano is because those str the strings on a guitar are comparatively at an incredibly low tension compared to the strings on a piano. On a guitar, you know, you pluck it and you can see it vibrate. Like on a piano, you can't because they're way too taut for that. Um, and there's just that huge amount of pressure. So anytime one of them is turned, it makes all the other ones change their tuning because of the amount of pressure and the distortion on the fucking cast iron board. How insane is that? So when you go to tune a piano, you know, when you do, when the fucking 30 people, I literally looked it up. There's like 30 approved people in Victoria to do it maybe 50 maybe I'm being what but like 50 people who can tune a piano in the fucking state of Victoria the level of expertise you need is such is such that the lady who tuned mine has a fucking car with like forte piano tuning on the side do you understand that's the difference between I'm just trying to make a case for why my instrument is better than guitars Fuck, one of the best Onion articles I ever saw was just like, guitars, time's up? Something like that. Time to say goodbye to the guitar, is it over? Culturally? Anyway, um, I just thought that was so, you know, because it's like, 
it makes you think like, well, fuck, yeah, guitars have only been popular for like since the 60s, rock and whatever. Maybe that's done anyway. <sighs> so I, uh, what was I saying? Lady came and tuned the piano and yeah, it just every time you twist one, it, but even before that, like there was other stuff, like there's tiny little uh, washers, but they're like paper washers that are so thin that control how far down you can press each key because you want them all to be, be able to press down like the same amount. So the like half or quarter of a millimeter of the thickness of a piece of paper controls how deep you can press each one and then that makes sure that each note has like an even tone or like an even volume so you don't press one note and it's louder than the one next to it all this fucking stuff man so for like the first two and a half hours she was just doing other shit and then she started tuning and i mean evidently the piano that i bought is okay but there's a bunch of stuff wrong with it which i can feel now that she's kind of said it to me i'm like ah, damn it um but it, it's still it feels fuck, so much better after she did that and then in the afternoon on Saturday, I was just um, messing around with like open chord voicings, which was really cool. Um, so normally for the last, like since I was 18, like 10 years or whatever, anytime I try and learn, you know, like hear a pop song, look up the chords and it's like C, G, A minor, F. And I'll play a C, G, A minor, F single note in the bottom hand and then just a three note chord in the right hand. And um, it just sounds very much. Oh, there we go. Sorry, just got fucking cut off there. Um, okay. I've always known that, um, with jazz or just any, I don't know if it with jazz, but just you can, the way you can voice those chords is rather than just having the bass note in the left hand, you can have like the bass note and one other note, like the five or the seven of the chord, and then just play two notes. So the chord is like, rather than just being in the right hand, it's open across the left and right hand to make it sound more open and give a bit more of an interesting texture to the chord. So I was, I'm trying to learn how to do that as quick as I can do the really basic way, which just means playing more songs and getting quicker at fucking doing that in my head. Um, I think that's the next way for me to develop my playing. And uh, yeah, I was just doing a bit of that and I was playing Don't Worry, Be Happy, but in like a lounge jazz style and singing and I was feeling confident in how my voice sounded and you know what I think I'm going to record it and put it at the end of maybe not this podcast because I'm going to put this up this week but maybe next week how about that because I'm feeling a lot more confident in my playing and I've been waiting until my piano was tuned and now it has been tuned and so I don't have any excuses anymore so I'm just going to do it okay that was a nice day man Saturday getting the old girl tuned Oh, and I got a gig on Wednesday. Tomorrow, not tomorrow, but whatever, Wednesday. Yeah. So I've been thinking about bits, thinking about new stuff to talk about. Um, I'm going to tell this story on the podcast, and I think it might become a bit. We'll see. I've got, oh, I'll tell you the joke, and then I'll tell you the story. Um, well, you know what? I'm just going to tell the story. I've been thinking a lot about. A few weeks ago, I was talking to my dad on the phone, and this feels like something that maybe I shouldn't talk about on the podcast because it's like family related, and I'm trying to keep my private and public lives a little bit separate, but the reason I'm going to talk about it is because it's personal to me, and it's not so much the story, and I'm not really going to comment on my dad as such. I'm just going to say a thing that he did. 
and then I want to try and talk about how it made me feel or what I've been thinking about. But basically, um, my dad said the N-word on the phone to me. And it wasn't like the... I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to fucking lie and pretend like I've never said it and people around me have never said it. And it's not good. I'm realizing, I think I've, I think this, thinking about this has made me realize for the first time, actually the power of the word or what it means. I feel like I've never really acknowledged or understood what it is, which is a word that fucking separates, it splits people apart. Um, it's used to talk about the other, them, always them. And that is like splitting people apart and, you know, you're assuming that you're better. And the way my dad used it <clears throat> wasn't in a frivolous way or a f- like trying to be funny way, which even in that way is probably not great. But at least I can kind of understand that and joking about it in that way. But um, the way my dad used it was he... <clears throat> Basically, was driving. He he got a puppy from some town ages away from where he lives, and drove through the desert to get there for like a couple of days, which is already weird, isn't it? To go, why are you driving through the desert? Well, there's no puppies in the town where you live. You can drive through the whole fucking desert. <laughs> That's bizarre, isn't it? He drove for like a, he drove like to another state. From the place where he lives in the largest state in Australia, Western Australia, and he drove across the desert into a place, not on the other side of the desert, just in the middle of the desert, to pick up a puppy. (laughs) I never really clocked how absurd that is, but it is. And uh, anyway, he was telling me about that, and I was like, oh, fuck, that's pretty cool that... um, you got to do that drive, like there would have been some cool places along the way, surely. Any towns or is there anything there or is it literally just a road surrounded by desert? And he said, yeah, there's a few towns, but they're all N-word towns, is what he said. And I just want to let that sink in for a second because that's what he's, he said. They're just N-word towns. He said the word. And the way that he said it, I guess he said it in his gruff, like, way that he speaks, very matter-of-factly, but it felt like he was also saying it, like, just slipping it by me, like, maybe he half expected me to pull him up on it, and I'm disappointed in myself because I didn't. It was very jarring at the, like, when he said it, it didn't feel good for me to hear it, and the way he said it is just, like, it's just, that's disgusting. I know that, that's fucking disgusting. Um, That's the kind of attitude that, is like that sounds like he's like oh they're not people they're just you know why would I even stop there why would I ever go there and I don't know if there's some element of danger maybe if you're a white person going there but I still don't fucking speak like that I really hated it um but it oh what was I thinking about it that's right the I tried it. I tried um, the the joke that I've written about it is like, how's he? You know, he's got a puppy and he's still talking like that. Like normally, when you've got a puppy, you're like excited and happy. But my dad's still like, how fucked are black people? You know. Um, but anyway, I tried it at the park yesterday. We did a gig in the park yesterday, and a mate, Pete Jones, said, um, "Did he say it at you or to you?" When I said my dad said the N word, Pete Jones, did he say it at you 
or did he say it to you or at you? Meaning like, was he just saying it in conversation with you or was he calling you that? Which is so interesting to me. That made me think of like, I reckon my dad doesn't actually understand that I'm not white. I think my dad thinks of me as a white person with brown skin, which a lot of the time is true, but sometimes it's not true. And, uh, it made me think of when I was there in Kalgoorlie with all his friends last year. Last year? Yeah, last... No, f- yeah, fuck, a year and a half ago. Oh, God. Almost two years ago. <laughs> My life! Um, when I was there and I was doing that show for them and one of them heckled me by calling me that word and they all laughed and they were like, yeah, you are that word. And the way that made me feel was like, and I'm not using this to excuse uh, whatever stuff that I said about that town and uh, I don't know, I don't even want to talk about that. But the way that it made me feel when they said that to me was it made me feel like I would I was only welcome there amongst them in their, in their little community, my dad and all his friends. I was only welcome there because I'm my father's son. Um... And if I wasn't, then I wouldn't be welcome. And the interesting thing about the fact that it made me feel like that is that I don't think that's actually the case. Like, I reckon all of my dad's friends, I don't think they would exclude me. I don't think they would exclude just an arbitrary brown person from their whatever. If a, if a, if a brown person rocked up in town and... Um, went to the bowls club, showed up and was like, hey, I'm here and I'm, you know, new in town. Can I play bowls with you guys? They'd probably go, yeah. Because I don't think they actually understand the power of that word. And and for the first time, like, having it leveled at me, and I'm not sitting here going like, and, you know, my experience as a, a mixed-race person, I don't really feel comfortable claiming that mantle because I just haven't had many experiences like that, to be honest. And I've lived a very white life and I'm so white passing that you know whatever but just um to have that leveled at me that's how that made me feel and I don't think those guys really understand that it has that power or just that kind of thing where it's like yeah we're calling you this thing and we're not that thing but you are you're different and uh the fact that my dad used it like that means that that's the way that he looks at all indigenous people in this country that they're only welcome because they're just already here and they just really they're not that welcome and why would i stop at one of their towns because you know fuck them that's not like it's and i I think i'm gonna call my dad and tell him it's always weird Uh, yeah i think i'm gonna call my dad and just be like dad you this is how you made me feel because I feel like I care enough about him that I at least want him to know. I don't expect him to change his behavior. And if he doesn't change his behavior, I'm still going to love him. Because he is my fucking dad. And, um, yeah. Stupid shit like that. It's not going to change that. It's not stupid. But, you know, a thing like that, it can't change that That's he's my dad. But I really do want him to know that that kind of talk is disgusting and I fucking hate it, and I don't want to hear it. That's what I want to say to him. And I want to make sure his partner's on the phone, and I just want to go, oi, 
don't fucking say that around me. Don't. Just don't. I don't care what excuses, reasons. I don't care. It's bullshit. Don't fucking talk like that. <sighs> anyway, what a front-heavy podcast, eh? All up top, getting excited. Towards the end, talking about racism. Um, the picture for this week is the Backyard Bitch t-shirts, the picture that I've got on my website, the picture that I'm going to use to sell the shirts, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. If you want a shirt, I'm going to do a bit of a push on Instagram, and I'm going to do, um, I don't know, I'm just going to be fucking sharing it. I hope people buy them. <laughs> I hope the people that said will buy them do buy them. Um, other than that, though, this has been Aiden Jones. Sitting under a tree. Peace.